Hi everyone, my name is Melissa Lee and I'm your health coach who targets women with PCOS and women in general who wants to achieve stubborn weight loss. I do my best work when I work with PCOS urban women in their 30s who are embarrassed about their weight but want to feel comfortable in their bodies and are able to lose stubborn weight naturally. In this podcast, we talk about various topics including why stubborn weight loss is so hard to achieve. If this is you, definitely put this in your podcast list because one episode will be released every single week. Hi everyone, I have Donna Piper on the show today. Again, she's a dear friend and she was actually on the show before um, on episode 23. Um, that episode we talked about movement as a form of healing um, and she, you know, she used her, she talked about uh, using Pilates and yoga and dance as a form of healing. Today we're going to talk about something completely different. Uh, Donna is also now um, a trauma therapist and energy worker. She uses energy to help us heal. And so now we're going to talk more about how using energy um, can help us heal from trauma and how trauma affects our bodies. So welcome. Hi, excited to be here. Um, yeah. So- I'm really excited because I think, you know, I've been doing a lot of inner healing myself and now energy work is something that I think is very complementary to modern medicine and how we can heal as a collective. So let's get started. What is energy work and is it the same as energetic healing? Um, so energy work, energetic healing, they are, they live in the same sort of, uh, family. So it kind of depends on what, so the history of energy work goes back to ancient times. There's, and in Eastern medicine, the energy meridians and the radiance, there's all sorts of different energy systems that are looked upon and assessed through different, uh, that modality for sure. So on the Western side, we have really been trying to catch up more in that realm. We want more pharmaceutical, um, but it's all in the same general milieu of energy because energy is everything and how to work with energies that are blocked or not working. So energetic work. So if you're talking about like Reiki or even like more hands-on like massage therapy, somatic techniques, movement techniques, that move the energy around is energetic work. And energy work in general, which is more um, traditionally known as using applied kinesiology and different sort of physical modalities to move the energy around. There's also a psychic, more intangible sort of um, element to energy work that I do. It's, It's much more now in our vernacular Um, Mm -hmm. being in like the quantum or the unified field, like it's kind of gone full circle. People believed in God and there's different energies out there. And then now uh, we've had to prove that they exist Mm -hmm. and that this quantum. So that's the area where energy practitioners really work in, like in a more psychic level, not that you have to be psychic to do it because it's very practical, but Energy work is all about moving the unseen. 95% of your body is the unconscious and 5% is conscious. So when you do energy work or go to an energy practitioner, they're all working on that 95% that is not yet conscious. 
Mm-hmm. So what comes up for me is like I guess skeptics. Like I mean, I myself, you know, I believe in energy work, and um, yeah, like even all the ancient like cultures and traditions, you know, they all do like, for example, like acupuncture, right? That's based on like kind of energy as well. So what do you say to someone if like they're like, okay, I you know I can't see the energy. Like how do I know if it's like you know Reiki is working or not? Yeah, and I have the same thing, and I have a Reiki sort of master's certificate or whatever, and I've been in the somatic world forever, and definitely I've gone to people to do different things, and I'm like, well, I didn't really feel it. How do I know Mm -hmm. it's working? Um, Part of it is that, well, in this, well, let me talk about what I do. So what the, the work I specifically do works with epigenetics and inherited and trapped emotions in the body that and the technique that's used is using applied kinesiology to clear that on a physical like your fit from your physical plane and your energy field Mm -hmm. so i don't like move energy around you thinking that i know where the energy blocks are that's reiki right other things and that definitely does work and there's a big history of that but the energy work that I engage in more um, especially because it's focused more around trauma is from your subconscious so as we connect and we get answers to your body gives us what it needs to be released so say you're having a problem with procrastination um you know, even in meal prep, let's do more specific to your sort of people. Like, so you really want to lose weight. And part of it is making sure your meals are prepped because you don't have a lot of time, but you don't like to actually do the meal prep part. So you procrastinate. So then that doesn't, that doesn't really set you up for a good, you know, six months. So then we would work on what is blocking you from, uh, making the meals or what is what pattern needs to be released so you could start to um invest in your life more or stop the procrastination mm-hmm. and we get answers the we get a, um, an answer that's an emotion and that emotion then is cleared so or it could be a sabotage or a negative core anchor belief so it's very personal to you so when that happens it takes kind of it takes the skepticism out of it because it's you and it's personal and then it makes sense so it's unexplainable like so there's two things one if you're if you really don't think it's for you it's probably never to engage in anything that it's you know not into time and money the other thing is, is that if you're interested in it, it cannot hurt you. It can only help you. So it's not like you're doing something to change your system in order to get a certain outcome. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's not woo-woo in that way. No, it's not like, okay, you, I'm going to do this thing and you're no longer procrastinate anything. And I'm not going to tell you what's going to happen. It's you're a active participant in it Mm -hmm. and going back to just skepticism in general if you look at the world and um everything is energy and depending on like this computer's molecules have been pressed in a certain way that it forms a computer 
technology, I can't see the radio waves going between us, but we're talking in different spaces and there's video. So that's stuff that I can't understand either, like how pixels come up and I get right. light. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of our world works and we don't really understand it. We just take for granted our cell phones work. Mm -hmm. Work immediately. Then we get upset. What is up? But we don't really know, like most of us don't know how that works. Same thing with the energy world. It's, I, you, you're not going to get a handbook of like, this is what works. There's been tests, there's been research and just experience. Like people I work with know that they feel better and they don't have that same issue pressing on them than before it happened. Yeah. I think a part of it is also being open. Like, and we're all like, you know, I have come across like, we're actually like kind of spiritual beings, you know, in this material world or like there are many worlds and um i guess just being open and as you said like it's it doesn't hurt us right to try something and i guess um if it works or doesn't work um it's also like associated with someone's belief right like whether they're open or not or like they just you know they just don't want to believe it <laughs> i guess yeah, definitely. Like and the attitude, yeah. Their attitude and um, and also like with the spiritual being, we are spiritual beings and they we've had, I don't know, in this modern age, a lot of discussion about God and religion and mm. true or not. And again, that, that is something that is just part of us that we have this connection to something bigger to us that's undefinable. And as we progress in this world, you talked about modern medicine. I do believe that energy medicine and things in this realm mm -hmm. are going to be more and more available because they're more and more effective. They're not ingesting mm -hmm. something in your body that may have contraindications. And at some point, you really don't have to believe this work. If your unconscious is giving information to be cleared, then it is um, going to be more beneficial to you. Part of it is the ego part of it. Mm. So your unconscious is ruled by the ego and the ego's job is to protect you hundred percent. So no matter what you do, if your ego's not on board or activating certain behaviors to protect you and those get in the way of getting what you really want, something has to happen in that process with the ego and your emotions. So this is a much more cut to it sort of way. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have a story. You don't have to have insights. You don't have to agree or disagree. Um, and the healing just takes place on the, on the realm of that 95% where most of all the, the blockages happen. Okay, got it. So, for example, now if someone's listening to it and they're like, okay, I have some trauma or like I can't access my past or, you know, they have some kind of wounding, um, what kind of energy work should they be looking for? Because I know there are like kind of a lot now and people might not know the difference. Yes. So, um, I am of the school when I, traditionally I'm trained as a, a therapist and my master's and all my work was with PTSD with Vietnam veterans. So that was 
somatic psychology, so dance movement therapy. So connecting the body, learning about the fight, flight, and um, freeze responses and how that shows up in your patterns and psychological or behavior manifestation, good or bad. So that is a traditional sense, and I've worked in that realm, but and in crisis. And I've also done Reiki and other things in this work. All across any modality I've ever done, I do not believe that you are benefited in any way by forcing your body into reliving a trauma. Mm-hmm. So that being said, EMDR is great, but I've also had clients that can't handle the noise of the clicking because that's a trigger for them. What's EMDR like? EMDR is um, it's the rapid. So you, they, I, I know a little bit about it. It's not my specialty, but mm-hmm. there's a light and a pin and a clicking, and it reprograms the pattern of your mm-hmm. eye to help the trauma to repattern the brain to help um, heal the trauma. Oh, I think I've seen that in a movie. <laughs> Maybe. They've gotten a lot of results from it. But my, um, I think because mine were more in combat, mm-hmm. I, um, clicking and light was reminiscent of the trauma that happened to get them in that place. So it's really to figure out, there's also a thing called brain spotting, which is an energy technique that helps um, realign the neural pathways. And because what the tricky thing with trauma and why they say you can't heal it, because it's neurological, because it goes into this uh your oldest rep part of your brain, the reptilian, the survival part, and you do things naturally that you don't even know that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, every time you walk into a room, you assess it if it, there's danger or not. Mm-hmm. And those responses come up. Should I run? Should I fight? Or should I freeze? Okay, there's no threat, so I'm going to move around my day. So we don't even really know that we're doing that. Right. Once there's an incident that has happened where you have that gets initiated, then if your body doesn't fully discharge it and shake it all off and come to a state of rest, like you see in the animal world, um, then they either run, they fight, or if they freeze, then they shake it off their body. If your mind, if the emotions get in there, the intense emotions or fear or stress, and then your frontal lobe of your mind, the neocortex shuts it off, then you never really go through that patterning and it could be a physical trauma in the world. It could be a perceived trauma. If you're watching something and it hasn't happened to you, but it evokes the same sort of uh, reaction in your physical being. And if the trauma doesn't get fully processed like anything, emotions want to be felt. This natural cycle of your body wants to go through its full cycle of processing. If it at any point gets truncated and keeps looping around, then it becomes... Um, usually it becomes something that then is a deterrent to you. So then, and if you don't even know what's going on, how do you find it? So if you're involved in um, a lot of work that's going to ignite you back to that, try to have you experience that, as I said in the earlier, a little earlier, your ego's there to protect you. So it's going to do whatever it can not to make you feel that state again, because you haven't wanted to feel it up to this state anyway. So unless you super trust the person that's with you, that's a lot of trust building, and you're absolutely ready, 
it could be effective. But by just forcing it to relive it doesn't actually take care of all of the stuff. Sometimes it creates another story around it and or it, it makes you into another trauma state. So that is my thing with it. Other people right. love it. Find something where you feel supported, safe, and that it aligns with what your um, goals are. So what if someone is like um, dissociative, right? Like they have like a trigger or like something comes up again and I guess their, you know, their primitive side uh, feels that, but then they kind of like pull themselves out of the situation. Like they're just observing the situation almost. Like, is that also part of like that whole cycle you were talking about? So dissociative is different. So dissociative could be a disorder where it's like, you actually dissociate and you're not present. Um, people have also loosely designed dissociate is just um, be in the room but not be present. But whatever you do with trauma work, the more in life really is the more present you are. So distractions or think something that's distracting you from feeling the feelings is not going to be beneficial. If you are very good at witnessing who you are and your emotions and you're really like a non-judgmental objective just observer of your um just daily experience it's everything in life which is a great practice to do to be in the now and really live that way um but if you are going through some therapy and you're not really witnessing you're more like oh i don't want to be in this place, this is too much, then it's a fine line. And that is only really what you, an internal person can, um, like your experience of it. I can't notice how you are. Like you could say, oh, I'm, you know, witnessing it, but maybe you're just like, want to get the heck out of the room, but you're still like knuckling your way through it. Right. I, that's not a, an approach I have found is beneficial over the general in general for people is to knuckle their way through mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right and i see that even in like you know the general health space like no i'm not stressed i'm fine like and they just hustle their way through and they end up in burnout so there's a like a you know a parallel there um so i'm guessing that everyone has trauma so can you enlighten us about that and also how does you know trauma affect our bodies i guess like biologically so I really, so I, so there is a, a very, the definition of trauma is really anything like it ha actually is happened or perceived to happen to you that your body, that you are in a state of, so it's like, it's really deep distressing event or experience that you've had. Um, but I also define trauma as anything that throws up a block in the flow of life. So anything that gets kind of hooked in you and you repeat you kind of overthink about obsess about um anything you avoid like if it's a conflict if there's things there's usually something before you have that like people that say i don't like conflict there's something in a, the first time there was conflict around them mm -hmm. that them have a reaction that they tried to avoid it so 
that moment where it was like scary, overwhelming or whatever, maybe it isn't even you, you just saw like maybe your parents fight and you felt conflict and you're like, mm-hmm. no, I can't handle that. So that is actually in some levels a trauma because it's still living in your body and it's still affecting how you behave and maybe not always in the ways that you want. Maybe it comes up, you don't stick up for yourself or you don't feel you have a voice or, mm. you know, so there's okay. things. So I, I divine trauma is like really thing that's unprocessed in the body that needs to be released. And then not every trauma though has to turn into PTSD. So that's kind of the difference as well. Post-traumatic stress disorder is like dissociative disorder or any other disorders that you actually, there's a criteria that you meet in order to make it an actual um, therapeutic sort of diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do not diagnose anymore. I do not, I kind of stepped out of therapy. I think therapy is amazing. Yeah. Body work is amazing. Um, and every, but I think that this for me is what now I find that um, my clients get more immediate relief and results without having a lot of, um, it doesn't take a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And um, it, they don't have to just carry the story with them anymore. So it really does clean all that out. And the effects of the body. Um, the, the one we see most often and is kind of more in our culture is stress and anxiety and worry because Mm -hmm. those, your body naturally creates a lot of energy to defend yourself, to run away. You need energy or you to freeze. That takes a lot of energy to pull it in. So if that energy isn't discharged, like we talked earlier in a natural cycle, and it just is living in you, and like some days you're like chill, and then all of a sudden you're just like overwhelmed with anxiety and fear, mm-hmm. that is part of things that didn't get processed. You could just be worrying so much that you've created all of these stress hormones. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm your work, there's more cortisol and how right. that affects your physical body and why that comes up and and that stress and cortisol kind of go in together. You want the hormones to work to give you energy, but if you're not doing the things that your body like intended to do, then they just kind of stay around and then you either gain weight or you have a lot of inflammation mm-hmm. or you can't sleep. And then because we're all connected, depending on where that line gets disrupted, if you're talking about nutrition in the body, then that's going to keep on happening and there's going to be disruptors. So a lot of times the main thing that, um, the other thing is anger and rage. Maybe you- Resentment too, right? Because maybe you're just like chilling, going out your day. It probably comes out a lot of driving. You could see if you have a lot of unprofitable something um because if all of a sudden like you're super happy and then you get in your car and you're just like screaming at everyone and like aggressive, then maybe you have some anger and rage because again that energy is built up to do something mm-hmm. if you're not doing something with it then it's gonna do something in your system it doesn't just magically go away if you need to be involved in it. I had, um, when I was teaching Pilates and doing that a lot and um, like the physical world and I ran a marathon, like one of my friends, it was like a runner forever. Like that was her sort of religion. Thing. 
Yeah. She uh, tore her Achilles and she couldn't run. Mm. And she thought she was very chill. She had nothing. What her not running, she had, she was, had to sit with herself kind of like what we've been doing with COVID too. Mm-hmm. We can't do what we normally do. So all of the things that we think that um, don't run us have been interfaced. So that's how she dealt with her stress is to run. And then once she couldn't do that, she needed to have a new coping mechanism and also heal some of the things that were underlying that constant stress mm-hmm. anxiety. Because there's always something there, no matter what. Like Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even if like we're like, you know, I don't know, doing all the things that's trying to make us zen. Yeah, we definitely, because we're living in such a modern society and it's like, you know, so much energy even coming from like traffic and like the whole industry, I mean, industrial uh, machines and everything. Um, When you were talking about uh, going back to the whole, like how trauma can, or wounding can trigger our stress hormones like cortisol and you know it affects like our bodies like because it builds up like oxidative stress or you know it helps it affects people's inability to lose weight I actually have a memory of like a past client like way before when I was a personal trainer and she had a lot of trouble losing weight because she couldn't she was still grieving like the death of like one of her children and she told me like during one of our sessions that um, she went to see like a, I think a Chinese medicine practitioner and he said that some of her chakras or energy meridians are blocked. And she told me that and I remember thinking like, oh, this is so interesting. Like I could really see that she was really stressed. She was always hustling. She like, you know, she tried to like work out, work out, work out. And like, to be honest, I, yeah, I could see that she really needed to slow down. So that really resonated with me like you know if we have stuck emotions or anything that's being hidden but not being released it can really like hinder us and a grief and and a loss of a child a parent a loss Mm -hmm. of of jobs or money that is really something to honor and grief is trickier in our society we don't have really rituals for grief Mm -hmm. know mourn for a year right time to do that and there's all those stages that kind of mirror the trauma because they're similar because it's a deep significant event that happened with a lot of emotion Mm -hmm. we want to be felt and if you don't feel them they will as weight gain stress heart attack diabetes hormonal issues you know the list they now have associated a lot of emotional, like unprocessing with actual, the physical reasons. It's not just eat less sugar, do this, which is always good, which in general, hands, you know, across all sorts yeah. of various things, less, <laughs> less inflammation. Everyone agrees on whether meat, no meat, right? sugar, and not a lot of caffeine. Mm-hmm. yeah more vegetables yeah and like even you know talking about energy like whatever energy you're getting from like whole foods you're you're getting like the better energy from plants like more nurturing energy from them rather than like you know refined processed foods which don't even have much energy to begin with because they're all processed you know they're like man-made and stuff so 
yeah, I totally agree with that. That's an interesting thing with energy. I'm going back to skepticism. So like, I'm sure everyone knows the difference. Like if you have a really like home cooked loved meal, yeah, it feels different. Or if you mm-hmm. super duper processed. So the more you touch food, the less that life force goes away. I'm sure mm-hmm. you know, you know, and then depending on the attitude and the energy of the cook does influence it. So that's the other thing I think is kind of interesting that people that are skeptical about energy. Most of, a lot of our vernacular is energy words like it's a good vibe, it didn't have a right, it was unsettling, I'm not sure what it was, you know, everything was, mm-hmm. there's a lot of ways we describe our feelings and thoughts and reactions to things through how much energy or lack of energy there was. If it's the right. So it's kind of, and we're very natural beings that are not natural anymore. So to kind of go back to that, how can I heal my body with good vibing food? And how do I process this emotions? Is my story, and I love psychotherapy, don't get me wrong, and story like Freudian, I love all that. But the, just having a story and knowing why I do something doesn't actually change my behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I've had a lot of insights about what I do, but that doesn't make, make that didn't make me like not do it anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's there for a reason. Like it's coming up for a reason. Right. Yeah. And like, I'm sure you get it with your clients too. Like, you know, I, what's an example. So say I, um, well, what about, um, I'll give you an example. What about if someone's like having uh, stress and anxiety over eating? Like they, they feel like they can't socialize because they can't choose properly in front of their friends what they want to eat and they, you know, they kind of restrict themselves or they feel just anxiety like dining out. Yes. And that is a big one. And because it's also a, super judgmental of themselves mm-hmm. so inner critic is insane so you're constantly judging what you do which is taking away of your energy that takes up a lot of energy and time right yeah you like, can't be present with your friends you have to like put so much energy in like you know in your head trying to look calm and like excited but then in your mind you're like oh my god i can't eat this or you know yeah and then there's hiding and shame and guilt right. mm-hmm not being able to accomplish something because all of those things are emotions that especially like the shame and the guilt and not feeling accomplished or valued that really then can interweave and wreak havoc on how you your joy in life because we are natural and okay so if it's so important, like the value of food and our body image has been so distorted, unfortunately, that food equals weight or... Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. Food equals not joy or guilt or... Yeah. So food is like kind of... Right. Like... Food's a big one. <laughs> our survival. So then, yeah. we're, you know, food and money, sex are always the big ones because it's all in that survival energy shock. Mm-hmm. And if you don't feel like you could nourish yourself or you need to punish yourself, then there's a lot of other emotions that come up with it that over time is just kind of takes you out of who you really are and what 
how you would like to enjoy it live your life. And that's part of the reason why I do um, love this work so much is because those things that are like plaguing you, like it's like, oh my gosh, it's such a big deal. Then once those are released, then it's like, you can't, it's not that you don't remember that you had it. It's not impacting you so much. It's in the forefront. So then it's moved on. So it's cleared away space to really live your life in a more aligned place where you can make the choices that are going to benefit you not the should i should have that or i shouldn't because as you know as a as a nutritionist maybe one person is really good to have beets and the other person if they have the beets it's the worst thing for them mm -hmm. or one person needs x number of calories and can lose weight but someone else needs a different like higher number to lose weight it's right. not all the same so anytime we try to put that out there too, that is also could psychologically hook us into, oh, I have to eat. I can't eat these, this beautiful buffet because I'm going to gain weight or it's, you know, whatever the psychological reason your client may have with the stress of going out and being social. I'd like to take a quick break from the podcast to talk to you about Anne-Marie skincare. Anne-Marie is a wonderful brand that is special because they handcraft and pick the ingredients from the wild. These ingredients include herbs and plant extract. The picked herbs are then infused into aloe vera and skin oils at low heat for up to 30 days, which becomes a base for the products. The natural products are then developed individually with specific aromatherapy, plant and seed oils, skin supporting nutrition, nutrients, and more to create effective natural products. I love their products and they provide a great way to get started with sample size kits. My favorite products are the mineral foundation, herbal facial oil, and aloe herb cleanser. Upon getting the mineral foundation, I was actually able to get rid of my previous liquid foundation, concealer, and loose powder. Talk about multifunctionality. So with the mineral foundation, I could get rid of three to four of my old products and I definitely love Anne-Marie very much. So for more info, you can go to nourishmount.com, go to the shop page and look for Emory Skincare to get your free sample kit. And now back to the podcast. I could talk about this all day. Um, so yes, we cover like food energetics. Um, so let's shift gears. Like how does energy work occur? So the energy work occurs is that the person so everyone has access to um, different these different energy levels. Now they're they're named because they've been you know theta, beta, alpha, all of them. So there's tons of books that talk about the theta. So really, the healing begins in the theta realm, which is a the quantum field, the unified field, the fifth dimension, however you want to do it. But basically, it's a frequency. So all energy has a frequency to it. So if you talk about people with a low vibe, negative, angry, mm -hmm. that's a frequency. If you're talking to someone that has lots of joy and happiness, that's a mm -hmm. so People have frequencies, frequencies in the world, phones, everything. So when you're in an energetic sort of healing situation, the practitioner and you connect on a theta level. And then that is the, and the practitioner, Practitioner connects to, so I have, so I was always born with this thing where I just knew stuff. Like I have, my mind is pretty 
uh, solid. So I'm good at intellectualizing and taking information books are. But I also had this other knowing things where I wouldn't know the actual um, information behind it, but someone had asked me something, I'd know the question, or I'd know the answer to it. And I would just know things. And I knew things about people. That's why I was a good therapist. And I still like people is because I just kind of naturally know stuff in the environment, mm-hmm. things up in the world. And it took me a long time to even um, recognize that I did that. I thought everyone just did that. And everyone does do that. They use their intuition or a knowingness. Some people hear things. Some people see things. And some people have a sentient sort of like empath. So. Mm-hmm. That's kind of more my thing, empathic. Um, but everyone has all of these access to all of these different senses, like taste, um, touch, you know, sight, the whole thing. It's just a different level of sense. So in your energy practitioner, so I have already kind of worked on getting my myself more aligned with that sort of um, unified field realm. Not that it's psychic, like it's fortune telling, but in that realm, that's beyond. Okay. And then from that, once we connect, then it's connecting on a, the theta level. And then I am muscle testing for, um, what questions we ask. What's so say, so we'll use your client that gets stressed out. What needs to be released to stop the anxiety about eating with public what needs to be what is the root cause of the fear or the shame of eat of eating out being seen eating whatever and then we muscle test those questions and i get an emotion that emotion is either inherited or trapped in this lifetime and that is cleared so the inherited part of it is like we get we are born with dna get certain things from your parents you also have epigenetics which overlays your dna which is like a a family code key so maybe five generations ago someone was shamed for being eating too much and glutton and they took away something in the family and then Mm -hmm. someone else they're afraid that people would starve and die so that ancestor for whatever reason wanted to put like caution around eating too much and in this modern society for your friend all these generations now it's oh my god i can't be seen that's too much i'm hurting someone so whatever emotion comes up then that gets cleared and then then you're able to not have that be behind the scenes programming your behavior you're now able to find new neurogenic pathways in order to create behaviors that affect you and then mm-hmm. right okay that is kind of the deal with in general with other people's reiki a lot a lot of it is just connecting on a realm sometimes there is it just kind of depends on the practitioner that you use but that's kind of the work i that i do so that's my story yeah and um i'm a testament like you you did it on me before and i fell asleep (laughs) i don't i don't know what that means but you know, every time I do energy work, like even Reiki, I always fall into a deep sleep and it's so hard to like wake up from it. Um, that's okay. Like, you know, you want to, unless you're doing something like uh, yoga nidra or something where you want your body to be in a like yeah. a deep sleep, but your consciousness to be awake. Mm-hmm. 
but even then it's fine. If you are in a deep sleep in that theta realm, that is actually, um, I don't want to say it's a really good sign, but it is a really good place for healing because you don't have to, the other thing I like about this, it's not that it's not going to harm you, but you don't have to know why, mm -hmm. like you don't have to agree that it was an ancestor or you don't have to agree that it was, you know, trapped at age six. Most people have a knowing like, oh my gosh, that's me. That's exactly what my thing is when and the work happens. But if you're asleep, it doesn't matter because you've already given yourself, a lot of it too is giving permission. So you've already- Right, like letting go. Yeah, like, okay, I'm willing to embark on this. So your subconscious is on board and that's where we're working anyway. So if you're asleep, it's not going to not work. Mm -hmm. It just maybe that you are so relaxed because maybe the rest of your day is so charged that it's just mm -hmm. a good place. Like if a lot of times when you slow down, especially meditation and things, most people fall asleep because they haven't got to that place in that realm where they feel like, oh, okay, this is, I'm so slowed down. I'm so safe. And I'm right. There's not enough pausing in the day, like, cause we keep doing things. I think another part of it is, um, I also just like, let go to the practitioner, whoever be like, okay, just do your thing. I'm like, I'm done with like trying to control certain things or the outcome. That's beautiful. Exactly. Cause yeah. And this, yeah, you don't need to. Yeah. It's great. I love, love it. <laughs> um, okay. So, um, so you described energy work, you know, um, and we did, we talked about trauma and all that. So how does all of this fit in with like, I guess the modern medicine and like, you know, going to see a therapist? I think that, so when I got into dance movement therapy, it was around since the 20s, 30s, after World War One, in between World War II. Mm. So trauma wasn't, PTSD wasn't even a recognizable diagnosis until the 80s. So people didn't even like have it on their radar. And in the 80s and in there, there was in the, like the 60s and 70s too, there was like Rolf and Feldenkrais and all these people that were somatic researchers mm -hmm. um, looking at anatomy and how it's connected and how the anatomy and the biology and the psychology are all interwoven. And when psychology started and the industrial era, we want to do everything with our mind, fix it with your mind. So we've tried that a million times and there's different sort of, there's Rogerian, there is, um, Reich, there is Freudian, there is cognitive behavioral therapies, and new ones come on and on. So mm -hmm. there, the therapeutic relationship is always, no matter what the modality is, is that it's your relationship with the therapist. How much you trust the therapist in the transfer in order for the healing process to occur. So that's great, but you could talk about it a lot. And I am very, that's why I got drawn to dance movement therapy with trauma because the body is an integral part of trauma. It's why it happens because things don't get fully resolved. So there's a great book. It's called Waking the Tiger that kind of came out right when I was getting my degree. He, he, I think his name is Peter Levine or Levin. He does a great sort of, um, self-help book so 
to go through and there's exercises and, and educates you. Um, my, the person I did all my research was uh, based on was Pat Ogden, which is, um, and then, so there's also people like Laban and all these people. So dance movement therapy was the emergence of all the somatic great people minds and all of the psychotherapy minds that come together with this woman named Marion Chase that saw that people were coming with trauma and that's basically why it got founded. Mm -hmm. And shell shock and what she could do to help them. So moving the body to get the energy out without having to say the words and process it non-verbally was very effective. So then it's moved into a lot of different areas. Now, 20 plus years later, all the energy work that we've done, all the applied kinesiology, merging with um, the meridians and the radiance meridians and all of these other energy bodies and the quantum and the theta and more people with Reiki, that is kind of, people are drawn to that and it, it's more in the culture now that when I said this even 20 years ago, this is even crazier than what I'm saying now, that this is the future because people are more drawn to something. They've, they've noticed the pills don't work. They notice mm -hmm. that the uh, resets don't, they don't work in the sense that it usually, it's very few people. I mean, you can have the, you probably have the numbers, but if I do a 20 day reset, that doesn't mean that the rest of my life I'm going to eat amazing. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. I mean, I need to do a 20 day reset in three months right. because most people restrict, 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 indulge. So everyone's kind of looking for this magic pill and everyone's doing it on a very level of the problem don't do this, do this. Okay. That'll work. And that's not really how your mind It's very black and white and it's not like our world is not black and white. Yeah. And you can't, and you're human and you have all this stuff. So going to energy work is a, a little safer because you don't have the contraindications. If I take pills for my diabetes or whatever, whatever you take for diabetes, I don't know. Mm -hmm. but say, um, I, I have high cholesterol. So I take pills that doesn't actually fix my high cholesterol in the fact that I can go eat things with cholesterol in it. It's not my body's thing. It's, it changes it so there's blood flow that hopefully my arteries don't get clogged, but I'm going to have to be on that high blood pressure medication typically throughout the rest of my life. Um, and I can do some diet and exercise. But if I change my diet, if I change my exercise, if I change the fundamental root causes of what got me to be living in mm -hmm. a lifestyle that isn't, my body doesn't like, I'm going to be able to eat whatever I want eventually in a way that is healthy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so, yeah, I could, <laughs> when you mentioned cholesterol, I'm like, oh my God, I could go on like a whole other episode about cholesterol. But anyway, um, yes, I get what you mean. Um, I see that, okay, you know, we have therapists, we have modern medicine, but really, you know, this part of the healing is like the energetic part of ourselves and we need to be cognizant of that that we have the trauma and the wounding too that needs yeah. to be healed and seek out that i think really that right. is the new mm -hmm. okay so now where if like someone's listening and they're like oh my god i want to try this so where can people find you uh i mainly okay so i have a website uh, donnapiper.com and then um instagram usually and i do have a facebook account but my facebook group is uh th free and thriving because i really look at i want people to be free and be able to 
thrive in their life without having any responsibility and to themselves to rely on a therapist, to rely on a drug, to rely on something outside. Mm -hmm. Not my deal. So I want to help them a little and give them an opportunity to free. So my Instagram is Donna Piper um, MA. And that means like I have a master's degree. So it's MA. Um, And then on Facebook, it's the same thing. Okay, cool. And I'll put that all in the show notes. Um, yes, I'm excited for your Facebook group because I'm also in it. So uh, whoever's listening, definitely join that because I know you do like, you know, live videos and your teachings in there too. So that's awesome. Thank you so much, Melissa. I know this was a lot of information and a little out there, but um, yeah, I really appreciate that you had me on your podcast again. I mean, and again, I could talk for hours between bodies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we all, (laughs) I can talk so much about everything too, but thank you so much. This was so nice. Thank you, Melissa.